Welcome to the In The Zone Podcast with Darren and Jose. Jose, how's it going, buddy? What's going on there, brother? How you doing, man? Doing pretty good. Can't complain. Can't complain. Yeah, it was good to see you the other day. Man. I know, right? Was, was it yesterday? It was yesterday, right? It was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That that goes to show you how these days are just all big one, big day. No, it was. It was really good to see you in it. It's uh. It's that strange thing of because we do this every week and we talk so often, yeah. I was like, man, it has been I'm like five months nearly, you know, since we've at least four and a half or something like that. But Something like that, yeah. You know, I have a beard now. I got grays all over. Lots changed, man. <laughs> that's, 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 you're showing the wisdom. That's, that's wisdom. That's, that's what true. I was told. <laughs> that's true. Going through all this, all this stuff in the country, it's, uh, we all done age about 20 years and four months, it seems. Yeah, no, I I hear you, man. But no, it was um. Hopefully, this will be one of the last shows we do, right? Like remotely. I'm hoping. I'm hoping yeah. it'd be good to 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 get back to the uh, back to being in person doing this show. Hell yeah! But Jose, we are at the fifth and final episode of OJ Made in America, and um. You know, you brought something up when we saw each other yesterday that this is, you know, different than what we uh, usually do and what our the platform is for the show. But just with everything going on and just how, you know, big uh, this was for sports documentaries and for ESPN, you know, it does connect. But how has it been kind of navigating for you at least discussing this you know on, on the podcast it's been it's been good like I, I was I was thinking about it today um like just everything coming out of this like you know I always kind of every time we do a show I always like to reflect on it like you know and mm-hmm. just to kind of see like what I learned from it or what has been you know what I haven't thought of in a long time and it was just with this it it was just that one thought that just came coming to my mind. It was just like, man, like this was 94, you know, 94, 95 going into 95 and, and how a lot of things in society have not changed at all, you know? And, and, you know, and then I was just thinking like, man, if this would have happened now, how would the reaction be? It will be different, but you know, and we'll get into it with the show, like the reactions from people and stuff like, it's just things have not changed as much as we may want to think it has and you know how technology is so much better than obviously in 94 but in society it's it's pretty much the same thing you know and it's it's sad it's sad no absolutely and that's something if not worse if not worse really true and it's something that definitely i've thought about with a lot of stuff how much things have just stayed the same in a lot of ways but I guess for me, it's also, you know, I, I'm I'm all I'm honest on this show always. But mm-hmm. you know, you grow up and wanting to be famous or wanting to make it, and making it can vary for everybody, every individual, what your definition of making it is. But um, I think even even as we're adults. And, you know, both of us are in our 30s. There's still – you're grounded now, like, okay. But, like, there's still something sometimes of, like, what if you can, like, invent something? Or what if you can just make it, you know, pretty much. Like, just do something yeah. 
and leave an impact. Leave, you know, boom, I, I did something for myself, for my loved ones. Like, I'm going to be remembered. And OJ, and there's other stories or cases, but for me, he's always the biggest of, I guess, that combination of if you do make it, if you do in whatever genre, whatever field, whatever you're looking at, is how much of yourself do you lose? Can you prevent that from happening? Like, like that battle, that in between mm-hmm. battle of like, you know, if you get fame and success and notoriety and money, is it just inevitable to an extent that you're going to just be a completely different person? Um, or can you, I mean, I think for sure you're going to change, I guess. So things will change, but how much can you still be, you know, Hey, you know, Jose has all this fame and money, but he's still pretty much the same guy or Derby's the same guy or whatever. Like, because you just see to me a lot of things from like episode one in his background that, okay, that was a part of OJ. Like some of these things we see, like as he got famous, like, all right, that was in his personality, his DNA, when he was growing up or when he was in high school or, you know, going to college. But then I think also the, the, the difference you kind of can see from who he was growing up to as more fame, more money, more opportunities, more, in my opinion, a plot, he just became a different person. And, and so I always think about that, like, you know. Yeah. I, I always like, like, like equated to like somebody who like becomes a police officer or mm-hmm. like a fireman or something like that. It's like, like you're, you're going to hang around these people like more, like, you know what I'm saying? Like your coworkers and stuff like that. Just, that's just kind of how that, that's just kind of like, that's, it just happens that way. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're in a position where, you know, I only reason I'm saying this because I have a friend of mine who I grew up with and, and who I love to death, you know what I mean? And, but he, he became a fireman and it was like his personality changed a little bit and mm-hmm. not that it's wrong or anything, but it just, he was around different people. He was around, you know, people he was comfortable with at that point, you know, professionally. And then obviously you become friends as, you know, like our situation, we became friends due right. to, you know, working together. And like, I kind of look at it that way too. Like, you know, I, I've I've never had a lot of money, so it's just like I, I don't know how I would be, but I I can just think like you would have to change a little bit, you know what I mean? Like, right. and, and but and we've talked about this in the I think the first show we we did on the well, episodes one and two, and like you just can't forget where you came from, and I just think a lot of people that happens to even if you don't become like wealthy, it's just like if you get a good job, like mm-hmm. you know you you know you go to school, you bust your ass and. You know, you get the profession that you want and, you know, some people do change with that and, and some people don't. And it's just, I, I think it's a personality thing more than anything else. Uh, yeah. But I, I can see it happening. You know, I, that, I definitely can see it happening. But his, his situation was like totally, I don't know, totally different the way he kind of like transformed almost. <laughs> right. Now, he, he's definitely, at, um, at least on on no uh, very extreme case. I mean, yes. very few have had, I mean, uh, the, the pilot, uh, I, Zoe tour said that like an epic fall in our society, like OJ Simpson has had an epic fall. Like very few can match this yeah. from where he was and how he was one of probably America's most trusted, you know, celebrities. Everyone loved him. 
to yeah. then becoming one of like you know pretty much America's most wanted. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like pretty pretty quickly. So it's uh, you're right. I think it's personal, but I always just wonder that you know. And sometimes I look at it like you know, for everyone, whatever your belief is, but for me, like you know, does God do that for a reason? Like at least in my case, like could I handle it? You know, what I mean, could I handle that kind of like? I would hope I'd be, and I think with maybe with age, experience, wisdom, hopefully the right people around you, the right, you know, values, you don't change too much, but you always think about those things. Like, cause you're right. It can yeah. happen just, yeah. On a job. And you, we all probably can give examples of seeing it uh, like, like you just gave. And I know I have it of man, like you started hanging around these people or as soon as he got, or she got this promotion, they're not the same. And, and, and how much of that is our bias or how much of it is Correct. That we're not in their situation or how much of it is true? Yeah. That, and that's, that's a great point. Like, cause it, it can be just perception, right? You know, like you can be totally wrong on that. It's just, this person doesn't want to do the same things because, you know, maybe they have a lot to lose at this point or like, you know, it, it's, it's all on perception. I think some people, again, fall into that and start really feeling themselves and, you know what? Good for them. Like, you know what I mean? Like if you, if you earned it, like if you, you know, busted your butt for that, like good for you, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it, do what you got to do. But I, I, I don't know. Like I, I can, I know for me, I'll speak for myself about that. And yeah. I know if I was to like win the lottery and you know, whatever, like I, I have a feeling I might change a little bit. Like, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I, and, and, and that's just, I don't know. Like, that's just uh, the personality I have. Like, I'm very, like, I can be very cocky and, and arrogant, <laughs> you know. And I, I think today is different. And you mentioned it, like, age and, and wisdom. I mean, I, I think today will be a little bit different. But if I was, like, in my 20s, oh, my God. Like, you would hate oh, me. Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> People would hate me, for sure. And I think now it would be a little different, though. No, no. And I, I think the same thing. I kind of just... I, you know, you do see things, and for me, my personality is very not. I think I try to be a nice guy, but I'm also like trust is something that's earned. Mm-hmm. And so, I would think you're. I think it is inevitable if you win the lottery, especially if you get money and it's like known. You know, like yeah. it's like on a fame level too. Like it's a media attention and stuff like that. Like I think yeah, it's inevitable you're going to change to an extent. But I would hope, and I know I always say to people, you know, off the air, like intent, intentions only go but so far. Mm-hmm. But like the changes I make are my intentions in the right place. You know what I mean? Like, like you said, because yeah. sometimes, hey, I have to. You know, I can't just do. I can't go a certain place now because now there's attention on me, like that I used to when no one cared who Jeremy Dove was, or I can't do certain things because. Now I have more to lose or I have more responsibility, whatever the case may be. But, yeah. like, the intention is right. And that, I would say that doesn't only go but so far, but I would hope my intentions – and I would hope, you know, but, you know, like, they're in the right place. It's not just, like you said earlier, like, oh, I'm, I got more money. I'm better than you now. Or, like, I'm feeling myself like I'm the man. Like, it's more of, hey, I just can't do these things now. You know, times are different. Yeah, no, and and uh, again, I I agree with that, and it's just um, I don't know. I think the people you surround yourself with, like that, 
I think that's a big deal as well. Like you can have people around you. Like I have, I my girlfriend in. I would just that's the first person I would think about. Like who is like very honest and you know can bring me right back down like, mm-hmm. where I belong. And I think that's that's very important to have in in your life. And um, good friends would do that for you too. Like you right. know, who you grew up with. Because then too, like, like. Because then in my mind, I, I know for me, I, again, I'm just going to speak for myself. Like, I, I would, it would be hard for me to trust people at, as well. Like, mm-hmm. because, like, the first thing that would go to my mind is, like, all of a sudden I'm getting these text messages from people or phone calls from people or cousins that I haven't seen in, in 20 right, years. Right, And it's, like, what's the motive here? And, and that will be, I think, for me, that would be the hardest thing because I'm very, like, if you're a good friend of mine, I can, it's easy for me to trust you. And I, I think if I was like famous, like OJ Simpson or whoever else, and it, it would be hard for me to, to live like that. It, it would just be hard. I don't know. No. And that's my, exactly. Like I would be those who I talk to and, you know, Hey, you want to spend time with me when dare me Dutt, like you're not getting anything, at least material from this. It's one thing like, you know, there's certain friends, certain family, but then like, you're right. Like, people coming out of woodwork and maybe, you know, the ones who like you never talk to, I feel are easy. Like, I'm like, yeah, last time I talked to you, I was like six years old. Like, I don't, you know, that I, I feel would be easier, but those like in-betweeners that I always hear athletes talk about where like that neighborhood guys, like, remember I gave you a ride to practice, you know, sometimes. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, yeah, he did give me a ride to practice sometimes. And like, you make it like you're an athlete, like, you know, but like, and like, yeah, Mr. So-and-so down the street would, like my mom couldn't do it. He'd give me a ride sometimes, like, but like they weren't like close, but they were like, all right. Yeah. And it's like that would kind of eat at me. Those like in betweeners where it's like, we were tight a few years ago, but I hadn't talked to you in a little bit. And mm-hmm. I would be like paranoid. Like, would you have done this anyway? Would you have reached out or is this now? It'd be hard. It would be draining to kind of like it, weed through that. Yeah. And even like relationships, like if mm-hmm. you're a single guy and then you meet a woman and it's like, okay, like, is this woman only with me because I have money now? Like, or I don't know. I, I just think it's a lot to, to deal with. And, and again, it, it's a good problem, I guess, to have. I, For I don't some. Think I'm ever, I don't think I'm ever going to have that problem. But, you know, again, I don't know. I, it is a, it's a good problem. Yeah. It's, it's in some, some people, the lottery, winning the lottery makes it harder for them. Life was worse, they say, and they, they blow yeah. it, go bankrupt. And some, yeah, I think it's it all depends on that those individual or individuals. It's it's always that always fascinates me about like hearing that and and hearing those who stayed true to themselves, stayed pretty mm-hmm. humble and down to earth and had money, and people would never could never tell like oh he had so much money you would have never known how he acted and how he lived, and then the vice versa. It's always I'm always just personally fast. I'll, very fascinated by those kind of things one and one example i can think of right off the top of my head is is you remember the show mtv cribs i know a lot of Uh people remember that show and you know like i you know i would watch it whatever if it was on and you know i can just i just remember like wow like all these beautiful houses and you know these people must have a lot of money then come to find out like half those houses weren't even theirs like you know and Mm -hmm. but i can remember one show i was watching and and he was one of my favorite artists, like a hip hop artist, is Redman. Oh yeah. And they went to his place and <laughs> it was like dude sleeping on the floor. Like, you know, he had like 
at that time was a Nintendo 360, I think it was, or whatever or it was. Or something. Yeah, something like that. Just throw controllers thrown on the floor, and he he didn't care. Like didn't have an like, ironing board. No, yeah, <laughs> and it was like, damn, like I I can I can deal with people like that. Right. I'm with you. That and that's that's probably the most infamous episode of MTV Cribs for that yeah. for that reason. Um, but no, it's always fascinating, and, and this has been fun to break down. But you know, getting getting to the 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 docu series episode five, I I don't know about you, I love that they it, it was you get a little bit like a, a even the little montage of OJ talking about like him like seeing him on like that seventies like. I don't know, like Battle of the Stars competition, yeah. but like what he's saying and talking about, you got to have some harsh. Like it opened perfect, yep. and then we just get right to closing verdict. Yeah, it, it was great. I I I I loved all the intros. Like not like the way these all started. I think was amazing. Like I, I think it was just really well done. But this last one, it was just it brought me right back to the day of the verdict. You know mm-hmm. and. And like kind of where I was at, and that's that's where I was thinking when I was rewatching it. And um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna paint a little picture for you. So you got so you got young Jose with a big with a big part in his hair <laughs> <laughs> back in the '90s, and I'm in I'm in high school, right? I think I'm in ninth or tenth grade. I couldn't I wasn't no older than tenth grade, and I can remember the day the verdict. We go to school. And the school I went to is predominantly Hispanic and African American. Mm-hmm. You know, the principal comes on the loudspeaker and he's like, you know, and it was just blew my mind. It was that important, you know, and it was just like, okay, to all the teachers, we are not allowed to show the verdict. Uh, please do not refrain from doing that, blah, 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 blah. And I, I think I was like in health class or something. I had a young teacher and she was like super cool. And she was like, I don't care about that. She's like, I'm watching this thing. And she put it right on. And we were in class and she put it right on. And, you know, dudes were ready. Like there was there was dudes in there ready. If he would have been found guilty, like they were gonna go nuts. You know what I mean? And that's the mm-hmm. reason why the principal kind of said that out loud. Like he didn't want that to escalate and have any issues, like racial issues or anything like that. And but she put it on for us, man. I was happy as hell because I was sitting in class just kind of like relaxing, just watching this, and I was like, and I can remember, man, him being found not guilty. And I was just like, whoa. Like, I couldn't believe it. Like, I, I just couldn't believe it. No. And and and, and that's an interesting story because I, I'm also in the same boat. I remember that day and just the feeling and, and the feeling, you, you know, one of the earliest points in my recollection that I remember feeling the racial divide in the country. Mm-hmm. Because it was down the line in my household, it, you know, it was we're pulling for him, we're hoping, be ready. I was, I was prepped. Me and my brother were going to school. It's be ready for, you know, people of an opposite race to say some comments to you. It was like kind of you're getting geared up for it, yeah. and that's kind of like the first time. And like, it, sadly, it's happened so many times when you have a big racial incident like we had with George Floyd, where you you kind of. You're stepping out into the world and you've got to like mentally get ready because like, you know, like comments, things, whatever can come from anywhere. Just so you're like you're on guard, like, you you know, a lot of us when you're out or at a certain place, you're on guard. But like it's heightened, you know, when things like that. And that's probably my first time remembering that and just seeing hearing that 
verdict and just the divide. It was pretty. It was pretty split with my school at that time, white and black, and it was also split in the reactions. And it was stories my family still talk about are from either me or my brother or my mom getting random people just feeling like they have the right to talk about this with you and (laughs) strangers you don't know and asking you, what do you agree? And we were young at the time, my brother and I, so that's really showed you something, but we still talk about it. And it was, it's a, it's a moment that I I don't think, you know, it's 20, almost 25 years later. And that feeling hasn't gone away. Like you said, and I don't think we, people won't forget just like with the Bronco chase, when this verdict on October 3rd, 95, people know where they were when they saw this. Yeah, and and, and it's amazing. Like, I, I loved how this episode, like, how, how they broke down the reactions almost. Mm-hmm. And it was like the reaction in the courtroom. And it was like, the you know, OJ's reaction when he did, like, the double fist pump, like, to the jury, like. And and like they talked about Johnny Cochran's reaction, uh, oh, like, man. you know, and the stuff he was saying to OJ, like he was standing right next to him, and you know, then he had the reaction of the Goldman family and the Brown family, where they were like hysterically crying, which is totally understandable. Um, mm-hmm. But then I love how it went to the crowd outside, right? <laughs> and you know, you had the police officers. You know, on the on horseback, and, and and the juror was talking about it. Like it looked like they were preparing for like a race ride, and it probably would have been close, something close to that. You know, if she would have been found guilty, and and then the reaction of the crowd and how the horses were all like freaking out, and it was just I loved how it was like so quiet, just waiting. Everybody was waiting for the verdict, and when the verdict came, and it just erupted, and I was just like, man. And then you see the reaction, like you were talking about, like in the African American community, how they had one reaction of like jubilation and, and they were joyous and they were excited and they were everything else and then you had the reaction from you know like the white people and it was just like in shock and and they were crying and yeah it was just it was just well done it, it was just really well done and it, it just it was so it brought me right back to that day and really i mean the the fact that like you said they were so concerned about race riots that LAPD was put on 12-hour shifts, 100 police officers on horseback. Even Bill Clinton, President Clinton, was briefed on security measures if rioting would occur nationwide. So they were really, really heightened and really prepared by this. And I just think we jump right into it. And then in the docuseries and as the music, which was beautiful and just perfect, the all five episodes, but it does, you just like, you are getting ready. And though we know when this came out, it was 21 years later, yeah. this came out in 2016, but you get a feel like it's like a big fight almost like it's a yep. big, like, like a Tyson pay-per-view. Like you're just like ready. Like, cause that's how that day felt. And it still feels that way now. Like it, it just, he just captured that moment. And even just, it's awesome getting a Carl Douglas, who I, you know, we'll get, I do want to ask you, who do you think the MVP and LVPs of this docuseries, as far as entertaining wise, like yeah. later on, uh, I want to hear, but Carl Douglas, you know, for me was pretty good. And 
him giving that background about like all the lawyers going away because it's at least for a day. And then yeah. him calling Johnny Cochran, who's at the winery with his wife. <laughs> it's his birthday. He's yeah. like, Jay, we got a verdict, man. What? We got a verdict. You got to turn around and come on back. Like, it's insane. Yeah. So let me, I, I wanted to ask you in regards to, to the verdict. And not, I, not like, what do you think of the verdict? Mm-hmm. But, like, everything that went on with the jury and stuff. Like, because he does a great job. Like, not only, obviously, getting into the verdict and, and why some of those jurors, um, you know, gave that verdict. But like, I, what I appreciate more than anything else when he was talking, when, when, you know, in, in this episode was like, they kind of talked about like the fatigue, like this jury was feeling, yeah. you know, like nine months and, you know, no contact with the other jurors at night and with their families. Like, and it, it, it was just like, wow, like, no wonder, like, they were just, like, ready to go. And mm-hmm. I, I forget that the that they had the one juror who was, like, the Black Panther. Mm-hmm. And after the verdict was, he kind of stood up and did the, the, you know, he rose his fist up yeah, in the, the air. Yeah, the Black Power fist. Yeah, and it, it was, I, I, I forgot about that. I was rewatching and I was like, oh, wow, that's right. Like, cause they, you don't hear too much about that. But, like, I, I do you think it was right? Because, again... There's a lot of people talking about like they, you know, and, and we're mentioning it in the episode, like how, um, like the African American jurors, it was like almost like payback for, mm-hmm. for like the Rodney King thing, like so. Like, what was your reaction to that? Do I think, do I think, uh, the one like because her name I believe is uh, Carrie Bess. So when she just flat out said it's payback, I I did say kudos to you for your honesty. Yeah, like you kept. Yeah, oh, it, she, you could tell she didn't give a shit. Yeah, like. <laughs> she kept it real. I'll be honest. Forgive me, but she was kind of like, "I'm old. I I didn't live most of my life anyway, so I'm gonna be real because who gives a shit anyway?" So she. Yeah. That's kind of what I got watching her throughout the the docu series. Was she's like, "I'm gonna keep it real because well, yes. I got to lose." Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I did appreciate her honesty. I don't agree. You know, it's weird. I don't agree with like just payback. You know what I mean? Like that. And that's me. Everyone is different. But I do take that seriously. I do take like, you know, we kind of talked about how porous our country is with the legal. But I do take, Mm -hmm. hey, I need to do my absolute best to put personal bias out and, you know, give what I truly believe and take time to measure this. Uh, The other juror, and I forget her name. But I loved it because you heard Ezra Edelman and he kind of gave like when he asked a question yeah. and he, he put like, which I don't know, I'm not a documentarian, I'm not an interviewer professionally, but like you could hear his voice. He had a bias. So he's like 200, all this evidence. How the hell did you deliberate for four hours? And she's like, how many days? 257. Yeah, he did a great job. Yeah. It's a great response. She's like 266 nights. I'm bomb- and I was like, amen to that sister. Like, by herself and she to me broke it down great was that and i agree with her i forget her name um off top my tongue but you have all those nights alone by yourself to break it down and she nailed it you paraded darden like that you paraded Mm -hmm. mark Furman. to me jose not because i do agree like it would not have taken me long like Jeremy dove as an adult would not have taken me long but not for revenge it would yeah. have taken me long for two things. A, the prosecution fumbled the ball multiple times. Mm-hmm. And also, B, 
and they don't people don't want to hear this, but it's not revenge, but it's like you've allowed a society that it it's not it's not only is it not like oh impossible to believe that police can plant evidence especially on you know a black defendant or a black suspect it happens way too often so when you create that so yeah i'm not going to be like really that happens no from <laughs> personal experience from just knowing like it, it happens so when you don't try to say this is wrong let's do what we can obviously there's you know human error and people do things but let's make sure that we get rid of that we don't accept that and especially rodney king is two years fresh yeah we see a culture of covering up of planting things of all this stuff so it's not revenge but it's also like hey unless you do your job prosecution to really nail that there's no way that that could have happened and really nail it yeah i am going to be looking and thinking that yeah this is a possibility this is real and it to me it's not revenge i can see why she said revenge i don't get revenge but you've allowed a corrupt system you've allowed a corrupt police force in la throughout the country there's no trust there so now you want all of a sudden me to now you've done nothing to earn my trust but because this is a national case i should just get your trust why You've shitted on it. You haven't cared if I had your trust this whole time. No. So I don't believe in revenge, but I do agree with the other George, which was that, hey, if you would have come correct, you would have won this case. You did it. You fumbled it. Yeah, no, I think that George put it perfectly as well. And now I'm not going to quote him, right? And it's going to bother me, but. I can remember watching Chris Rock, and I, I don't know exactly what he was talking about, but he was just like, you know, like, I, I wouldn't do that, but I definitely understand. That's bring, like, it's bring the pain. Yeah. and I, it's and bring it was the pain. Just, and it was like, I wouldn't do it based off of just revenge either. But again, I definitely understand. <laughs> that's good. I, mean? I like, like That's good. That's really good. And, and it's just like. Whew, I don't know. I, I really, I don't know if I was put in that position, like how I would like go about, like, I mean, obviously the adult Jose wants to say, well, you know, I'm going to try my best and be, you know, yeah. very partial and like, you know, like look at the facts and make sure I make the right decision. And then like another part of me, like the, I guess the, like the devil on my shoulder wants to be like, no, like, you know, especially if you grow up in a society where and you were talking about it, like, judicial system is like doesn't treat minorities well if the, like the police officers don't and like whatever you can go down the list and it's just like is this your one chance to kind of like stick it to them like you know what I mean like I, I don't know like I, I again I don't think I would I, I would have thought about that like that but I'm not in that case I, I my thinking in 94 I don't know like you mm-hmm. know what I mean like in and it's just really tough, but it's for them to like openly admit it like that, like to that other juror. I was just like, wow, like that, that's, that's saying something, you know what I mean? Like, and and then again, you have to really look at like, all right, like this isn't just like a one-time thing. Like this has to be from years and years and years and years of just what you were talking about. Like, you know, the total opposite when it comes from, Police officers, judges, lawyers, court system, 
you know, parole officers, like probation, all like you can go continuously going on this list. And, you know, you had a society who was tired of that. And it, it, it had to be so bad that you broke, you got up to the point where they're not even looking at facts in the case. It's just more about like, we're going to stick it to them. And, and, and that's how I think I felt like that's how a lot of people felt. Like they were like, you know, we don't even care about OJ. It's more about like, we won. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, 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 and I get that. And I get that. Yeah. And, and you, I think you get that in the documentary. Yes. And I ain't gonna lie for when I originally always had watched this, I thought we had like, uh, I believe Danny, Danny, uh, Bakewell, who's a civil rights yeah, activist yeah. in LA, the one AME minister, and yeah. like the music's playing, and it was almost like you know, this is where I thought the music. At first, I'm like Ezra, you kind of did it too much because it had like that free Atlanta, like like Doctor yeah. King, I have a dream kind of thing, and I'm like, that that wasn't that kind of moment, but like I, it was in that moment, but looking in historical aspect, I'm like, like you said to open the show, nothing has changed. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, but um, that was the feeling. It was jubilation, and it was. Like he said, OJ was a vessel for all yeah. this stuff. It, there was not, I can see why people may get confused, even either then or watching this documentary. It, it was not love for OJ. I do believe, number one, it was the, like Danny Blakewell said, 400 years of this shit mm-hmm. happened to black people. And number two, it was you had Johnny Cochran leading it. And Johnny yeah. Cochran, who we knew in, in the black community was respected and also knew like, hey, he fights this fight and he's sticking up for it. Those two things is where that really got it going. Um, so I do believe they weren't cheering and saying like, oh, we love OJ as much as we're, hey, we finally got something on our side. And hey, go ahead. You got Johnny who's leading the, char- leading the charge right on. So it, it's uh, it's it was so well done. And I think you're right also, like, I do, I put myself in, not Carrie Vest, but the other jurors, like, shoes where I do believe he should have been found not guilty based on the evidence. But my heart still would go out to the Goldman family and, you know, seeing Kim Goldman and, you know, Fred Goldman being emotional. Like, I I would be very heartbroken and torn. Yeah, and that's got to be, and it's got to be hard to look at that and like as a juror, like making that, like giving that verdict and knowing, I'm sure you have some doubts in your mind, but again, they, the prosecution's job is to show that this individual is guilty, you know, and, you know, that they, they, they dropped the ball and, um, you know, it shows afterwards, like it, it was just a mess, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and again, like, in regards to the verdict, like it, it just, I just, I just see the reaction. And the thing is 25, 24 years later, you bring this up in a conversation, you still, you still get a reaction. You, oh, still, you get heat. Yeah. You, you get that conversation where it, it can become heated. And, and again, I just, and not to say it's a racial thing, but it's just, well, it, it is a racial thing, but not to just say that's the only reason why the conversations get heated, but it's just more of like, like it still like bothers so many people like that, that they feel as though like they have to, it almost becomes like an argument, you know? And it's yeah. Just, and this is 24 years later. 
No, and I think for sure it, it is racial. I think for some people it's conscious. Maybe it's subconscious, but I think certain people you have to ask, why does this still get you? There's been a lot of cases, even not to me, not as high profile, but high profile ones that you can poke holes at and be like, this person shouldn't have been convicted or this person should, whatever the case may be, should have been. And it doesn't get that kind of reaction. And to me, like I said, it could be conscious or subconscious, but it it goes back to that. It goes back to racial because I tell people you can't sit here and go, me and my brother, we kind of make it a joke all the time because we both are very obsessed with this case. And we say it like, no, you can't go, well, we know Mark Furman was a racist, but forget about that. No, you can't just yeah, say forget about yeah, that. Yeah. And, and that's part of the problem. You know, yeah, racism is wrong, but forget about it. You know, it's like, no, 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 no. Don't tell me to forget about it. Don't tell me I should just ignore it or just let it go or look past it like, that and that to me, where I think there's people who consciously know that that's racist and do it, and there are people who subconsciously don't mm. know it, but it is racist to tell me or to tell anyone who's experienced this and know, like, to be like, yes, we know Mark Furman's a racist, but move past that. Who cares? <laughs> like, it, yeah. it becomes laughable. It is, it is, and it's 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 a shame people have that mindset. But you're right; a lot of people do have that mindset. And um, but it, I, I just again, I, I want to go like just, I'm gonna keep going back to like this. This episode was really, really well done, and um, and I, I, I just, I, I, man, like when they were showing like the reactions of people in the streets and like guy walking by like he was almost like taunting like people like, he was you know what I mean? yeah he was and, and kind of throw it in their faces and and again i can just remember reactions when when i was seeing the verdict man and people were were very excited you know what i mean and, and again what a lot of people forget man two people passed away in this man two people were killed and you know, to have that reaction, I can, and I can understand the other side of it. Like, I can understand, like, man, like, you should not be having this reaction like this. But, again, like, we all know why people had that reaction. But it, it's just, it's, it's tough, man. Like, this is, it, it's just tough. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, again, this documentary, he, he did such a great job, like, kind of putting you right there in the middle of it. Now, let me ask you this. Because, like I said, as someone, when it came to the case, the trial, probably the trial was 25, it ended 25 years ago. For the past, like, I can honestly say 20 years, read a lot of books, watched a lot of things just on the trial. This mm-hmm. was great because it goes to, OG, you get it, you kind of set it up like never before. The whole combination of this has been building just this thing for like 30 something years in L.A. alone. Yeah, but I had heard things that even like OJ had known he was going to be acquitted, like beforehand. Yeah, I, I've heard that too. Do you think that based on seeing the reaction? No, I do not think that. I, I honestly feel like he was preparing himself for a guilty verdict because even he, they were talking. I, I think it was his agent that went to go mm-hmm. see him, and he was like, you know if this happens, like, I don't want you to come see me, like, and all this stuff, and um, no, I, I, I don't think so. I think he he was preparing for that. I think he was preparing to be found guilty. 
I think so too. Um, I'll be honest. We get a lot of footage of OJ, and you know, I I said it. I think I don't think it's a stretch. He's a narcissistic. He's very about him. I feel, and Jose, if you think I'm wrong, let me know. When he gets acquitted, that's the most genuine reaction of all the five episodes like I've seen of him. Like that's what if anything that I say like that's really him is that moment. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And I, I also have another few moments that I feel like that's really him. Like, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there's no faking, there's no trying to appease to other people. It, it was a other a couple other reactions that I'll get into later on. But yeah, like it was it yeah, you can't fake that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's no acting there. There's no, you know, trying to please somebody with that reaction. No, it was just, it, it, that was all him. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I can think of, like, another reaction when he was in the car with, um, you know, the memorabilia guys, and, and they were just talking, and he was drinking, and he was very raw. You know what I mean? And yeah. another one where he was doing the interview with Wendy Williams, and she was talking about, you know, you know, you always go for white women. And he was like, oh, I love the sister too, girl. Don't get me wrong. And it was just like, yeah, like this is the real him. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like he's just a, he's just a slick dude. You know what See, I mean? See, the Wendy Williams one, I thought that was him putting it on a little bit. I thought he's. Some of it. I just think like, yeah, because that was like the OJ on Black Tour. Like, you know right, what I mean? Like, right. and, and I get that too. Like, but I felt like him, that reaction to him, like to her, that question, I just felt like that was real. Like, it was just, because it was, it, it was just, it wasn't no thought. It was just a reactionary, like, comeback. And, I don't know. I just, but I agree. Like, that, where it came, he was, it, it was all, <laughs> all authentic, man. Yeah, and I felt that, and I, I thought, because I've, I've always remembered, because you heard Ido say, no reaction, but then mm-hmm. you get so many, re- I, I, I kind of laugh at it, like, you get just so much emotion, like, and even like Cochran, like fist pumps. And then it was great to hear because I've always seen that yeah. of Johnny Cochran putting his head on OJ's like back or shoulders. And I'm like, what did he say? And then to hear Carl Douglas say what he said, like, Juice, you're going home. Like, yeah. You're going home, Juice. And I, I do feel, and that's why I, I appreciate Cochran. I appreciate Carl Douglas because. They, and I know Robert Kardashian, OJ was his friend and he cared about OJ and he knew Nicole. So I think there was personal in it with him, but with those other lawyers, it was a job and they, I mean, and they did their part, but Johnny Cochran knew what this meant mm-hmm. on, a, on a grand scale. He knew what it meant. And I think that's why, like, I'm not going to lie. I'll say, I love seeing his reaction because he, he felt this because he's been fighting this for 30 years he's dealt with it he felt all of this and he hit i look almost just as much as oj's reaction and i and johnny cochran yeah it, you can tell like it probably meant well you know johnny cochran was the one going to jail and right like, i don't know like, if it meant but, more <laughs> yes but it, 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 it was close though i, I, I think, think absolutely i think it was close and Again, like, it, it was good to see, like, they went into the history of what Johnny Cochran has done for the city and, you know, all the fights that he was kind of coming up with against the LAPD. And it was good. So that way it can kind of build to that reaction. And, 
But I I found it interesting too. I don't know. I want to get your take on this, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Um, when they were interviewing Robert Kardashian and you know people making out to like best friends and him and OJ were great friends. And when they were interviewing him afterwards, I, I think it was for the I don't know if it was for the civil suit or. Or whatever yeah, it was for. Yeah, like civil suit, right. Yeah, and they were asking him, like, are you good friends? And he was like, well, I see him, like, maybe three or four times a year. One, do you believe that? And two, like, if that's the case, they're not really that close friends. <laughs> no, I don't believe that. I I believe maybe because I think the civil case was, like, two years yeah. after the, the um, yeah, the 95, the, the murder trial. I may believe that since the murder trial... It went to that way. Yeah, because but... I, I I read and I I saw things that kind of they talked like their relationship because Kardashian thought he was guilty. You know what I mean? And and I, I've seen stories and stuff like that, like where their relationship went south right after that. No, and I and I do think, um, you know, there's I've watched you know. Robert Kardashian, he got interviewed by Barbara Walters like about like a year after this. And I think also he just – it's a combination of um, – uh, <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts. on, But, like, it's a combination of I think he was confused by certain things, you know, with the case and certain pieces of evidence. And I also think it was the heat. Yeah. And, and I'm going to say it, and it may not be the most popular thing, but I'm going to say it. That's why when I always hated it when people you know talk about somebody who's not black and like they're trying to act black or da 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 because no 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 you may like black culture and oh I hang out with black people but you don't know what encompasses all and I'm you don't meet someone who's more prouder to be black than me but what goes with that and then it is like Robert Kardashian he's not he was never black but. He found he got that heat of what it's like when you are black and in white America is not favorable of you. And I think that also wore on him, too, because it whoa, you're sticking up for your friend. You're sticking up for this guy, for OJ. And he got a lot of heat. And I think you saw that with like Robert Shapiro as well. That's why after yeah. the verdict, Barbara Walters, he wanted to get away from that. And yep. he as didn't like that. He didn't like that heat. Yeah, he and, and, and it was. I, that was really interesting for me too. Um, when they were showing, when OJ invited all the attorneys to the house, and he was asking, "Where's you know, where's Bobby Shapiro at?" And they were like, "Oh, and it was F. Lee Bailey was like, he's on TV right above you." And mm-hmm. they put the interview on, and he was like, he immediately, and you were right, he wanted no part to that, and you know, and they, he and we've talked in, in I think an episode when we talked about, when we broke down episode two and three, how he kind of seemed like a little snake and, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and that right there just for me, like kind of cemented that like, damn, like, you know, as soon as you win that case, it's like, no, 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 I didn't want to do that. You know what I mean? Like, but it was put out there that no, he was the one that was playing that car. That was his car. That's the one he wanted to play from the beginning. And it, it's good. I'm glad that, that he kind of mentioned that the other attorney, I, I forget his name again, but, yeah, that, that that was that was like a scumbag move in my opinion. Yeah, it it was, and I think that comes with it. That's why I think you had to make the switch if you're on, you know, OJ's defense team. Johnny Cochran had an idea. He knew Robert Shapiro did not understand how big he was the lead attorney at first. Didn't understand how big this was going to be and what this encompassed. 
And I think that, to me, just clearly showed, yeah, he was just trying to save him because the heat was on. And this became, it became a racial divide. And, yeah, big time. And he kind of showed, all right, he was dipping out. He didn't want any part of that. Let me get my, clear my name. Because, you know, a lot of people, you know, uh, uh, Johnny Cochran wound up passing away, like I think eight years later, Bob Kardashian did. But, like, F. Lee Bailey didn't really bounce back after this. He had a great career before, but, yeah, you know, he didn't bounce back. It's really, like, Barry Sheck and, like, you kind of now see Bob Shapiro doing, like, you know, legal ease, dot com, yeah. whatever. yeah. And I'm like, I'll never get that. But like, <laughs> yeah, but like a lot of people, I think they were trying to just do that separation and get themselves separate. And um, it was very interesting. The footage, even even the footage, which what I thought was great to get. I remember seeing because I always remember that day, and I watched that white van driving. I remember all that day, all October third, just seeing that, like them following him, and then he gets to his house and the big hug he gives. AC and then they go in the house and I remember thinking I'm not gonna lie Jose I'm telling God on the truth even back then the young kid like what's going on in that house like what are they and for Ezra Edelman to have like home video footage of like that was I thought incredible and OJ's reaction was kind of I don't it was odd to me yeah me too and yeah, me too. <laughs> like, it, he just did not seem like somebody who, I mean, he obviously, and we'll, I'll, we'll get into this in a little bit, but like, you know, a- after the verdict and his life and all that, but yeah, he, he was in there and he was more concerned about, you know, like when the DA was on TV and he was talking about the drug dealers for his girlfriend and like, it, it was, it was, it was, it was strange. And, and his, when he was in there, it was like, I don't know. Like I, I would have. I don't know. Like if he didn't commit these crimes, I think like you know he. I would have been a little more upset. Like you know, and, and uh, well, that's know. where I'm at. Like it's mixed because he showed anger. Yeah. Like he showed something that if someone like if I'm on trial, I'm gonna have that feeling. Even if I got you know I'm innocent. Say hypothetical, I'm innocent, and I go through all this ordeal, it's draining, and I get found not guilty. I get found innocent. I'm going to be angry at those who put me in that spot, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, I get that, and I'm like, yeah, I would do that. But then, like, his anger is almost, like, misdirected. That's why it's weird. I'm like, there's part of me that if you even just show that clip that I'm like, yeah, that's, like, the emotion is the emotion of someone. If he didn't, if I didn't, if he didn't do it, he shows the emotion. But then it's that narcissism where it comes, like, back to him. Yeah, so it's it like, always does. Yeah, yeah, it's mixed. It's like weird because I'm like, because honestly, I thought like seeing that, oh, he's just gonna be like, hey, you know, good to be, you know, back in the bed and good to be, which you do see, but then it's like, hey, well, you know, let's party, which to yeah. me would have been like, all right, that's someone like that's a behavior, of someone who got off, like, yeah, but like you get the emotion, like you feel like there was a lot of pressure, like a lot with him, but it's just. I don't know. It's the narcissism, and I think we'll get into it. He's very naive about stuff, and it's just <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> it's, it's it's just a lot. It's just interesting and fascinating to kind of see all that. Yeah, I would have expected him to be a little more emotional. You know what I mean? Like, especially 
for someone who didn't commit a crime, like just the emotion of like, oh my God, I almost got sent to jail for the rest of my life or like the gratitude of like being home. And it, it was not, you're right. It was just more of like, you know, like just pointing fingers and, and, and really not like, not even talking about what just happened. It was just like more of like, like looking at the TV and just like yelling at the TV. And I, I would have been, that's the last thing I want to do is watch TV and, and watch people talk about myself. Like I, I'm wanting to like relax and be with my kids and, you know, like do whatever. And, and I don't know, he, his reaction said a lot to me. It was, yeah, it said a lot. And, and to me, it said, it said like, I, that he, I will never say he's innocent. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he, I think he, do I think he physically did it? I'm not sure. Do I think he knows what happened? Yes, I do think he knows. And do I think he either went by and saw it or you could even say he set it up? I don't know. Um, or just knew it was going to happen. Whatever the case, I, I don't think he's innocent. There's a difference, not guilty and innocent. I do not think OJ is innocent. And I, I do get that from his reaction. So, so let me ask you another question then. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm probably jumping ahead a little too much, but um, again, I just this is like based off of reaction almost as well. Um, when they were talking about to his agent, I forget his first name. His last name is Mike Gilbert. Mike, Mike, Gilbert. Mike Gilbert. Yeah, and he was talking about like he almost like confessed, like what happened. You know what I mean? Like he was talking about. Uh, I'm trying to look at the quote. If she wouldn't have opened the door with a knife, she'd still be alive. Like. That's like so big to me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and mm-hmm. it's just like, and, and I, I don't know. Like, I felt like they should have, that should have been talked about like so much more. And I just felt like it was just a comment like made and, and that was it. <laughs> you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I just, I, and I, I just feel like that's almost like a, a confession almost, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like it just, for him to say that after some beers and smoke some weed and, it's just I don't know. <laughs> it's just it says a lot. It's it's weird because for me, Mike Gilbert has kind of shown even now like he's not the most reliable source. Yeah, with OJ, like A and B. Like I said, it. I would be stunned. If, like I said, I think I said in a previous episode or two, we had a crystal ball and like you and I could see like what really happened if OJ never came by there at all that night. You know what I mean? Yeah. That would shock me. I do think at some point he saw something because I, I, it doesn't make it right. And it's like you said, the most important thing is the sadness of two people lost their lives. They did interact with people. It doesn't make it right who – were up to no good, who did a lot of, like, mafia, people who, who took people out. I mean, at that restaurant, people don't talk about that. Multiple people in that year span from, like, 94 to 95 who worked at that restaurant and were associated with it got killed the exact same way that Nicole and Ron got killed. Hmm. And, yeah, that, that's interesting. Man. And that gets, like, left out. Like, that was known as a mafia kind of, like, like underworld hangout for a restaurant. And I don't believe it's a coincidence. You know, Ron Goldman knew Nicole. Nicole knew Ron Goldman. 
that isn't to me a coincidence that they picked that restaurant after the kid's recital to go there and eat. Because why would he, you know, people don't think, people think like it was an accident. Why would he go and drop off the glasses like to like just a regular patron who yeah. he doesn't know? Like they knew each other. They were friends too. So I think the case, Michael Negri, you can look it up. Like he was killed the same way around the same time. And that got like swept under the rug of like what, you know, no one talked about. Like it happened to him the same exact way. He worked at that restaurant, and no one talks about, like, hmm, the dink of it all. Yeah. So uh, I, I believe he was there. I believe he saw something and, and, and all that stuff, and which to me is bad. If you see something and you don't say anything, you know, his kids were there. Yeah, sleeping, I know. So there's a lot of things. Don't get me wrong. OJ's a dirtbag, in my opinion, for uh, uh, a, lot of, a lot of reasons. But what he was on trial for was did he actually physically do it? And that's where, to me, the debate comes in. Was he there? Yeah. So I do believe going – sorry to be long-winded, but going back no, to no, it, like, like he might have saw what happened. He might have saw someone coming up there with the knife and maybe like, oh, she didn't answer, if this didn't happen, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, he might have saw, he might, you know, he might have saw or he knew what was coming or something like that. I do believe that to be the case. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think he had a part in it. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I just do. It's too much. You know, like his hand being cut up and and blood, his blood in places. Like I don't know. I just think it's it's. I I would say he didn't have a part. I I definitely would not say that. I I like that is just did he do it? To me, is is different than did he set it up? Which is still guilty, still bad. Doesn't make yeah. it like good, but that's not what he. You know, what I mean, it's it's just different different things yeah i just think like his rage when it came to her like was was shown and you know he had a history of like when that rage comes it's like he loses it and then you get to a point sometimes where it's just like sometimes there's no coming back and you black out and next thing you know people are, are are dead you know what i mean and it's just I don't know. Again, I'm not here to accuse him of anything. I just know. I, I just feel like, in my opinion, he, he did something. But, again, we weren't there. He was found now guilty. <laughs> so, got to go with that. Right. And, you know, we kind of just see, you know, really that OJ, and this is where it's the naive, because afterwards it's just he could have laid low. Yeah, he could have went honestly at that point, moved to to a different country, and you still probably would be known. But you, you move somewhere else. Why are you staying there? And then why are you trying to get in the limelight? And then he's seeing people because OJ's a media hound, so he has to know. What the react? Once he got out, he probably while he was in, he knew what the reactions were to him. 
and the split, the vibe. But he wanted to be right back in Brentwood. And it was really eerie, that story of the, the one guy who did a kind of fight, actor, friend, or whatever. Was it the producer? Right. Who yeah. he, he annoyed me, honestly, in this episode. He did, yeah, me too. Saying, like, you know, that would kind of be, like, freaky, where it's like you see each other at, like, a, a convenience store or a gas station, like, yeah, we should get together. And it's like, yeah, we both know that's not going to happen. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, we both know that's not going to happen. You know, um, but that just shows me how much that guy is full of shit because he was like talking all this shit about OJ, and then as soon as he sees him, he's like, Oh, yeah, like you know, it, it all changed. And you know, I, I, yeah, like, and and I, it was funny how OJ was like, You know, I've lived in Brentwood like 90%, you know, I live here longer than 90% of the people who live here, they should be the ones leaving, not me. And I was like, No, dude, like. You should have been gone. Like you should have left. You should have laid low for a couple of years or longer. And but he did the total opposite. He's out here playing golf, and you know it. It was hard to hear. And I believe it was his son reading that letter uh, as soon as he, you know, was acquitted and talking about we have to. You know, I'm going to put my energy in finding the real killers. The real killers are out here, and it was just like then he go to like the David Letterman when he was like, yeah, you know, he's looking for, you know, he's having a sting at Pebble Beach and it it just it didn't look good. You know what I mean? Like it, it just, he was like laughing in everybody's face and it, it just did not look good. Yeah. Um, to me, it shows, it, it, it just shows the arrogance. It shows the narcissism and it shows just that to, of everything, that's what he craved. He wanted yeah. love. He wanted admiration he wanted to be in the limelight and that that to me is that that was his drug and probably still is his drug honestly is is all of that you know he he couldn't stay away and from the interviews like even afterwards the pay i do remember that too the pay-per-view interview (laughs) and it's just like i really don't know what people would expect like, 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 what would he confess on national TV? He did it, but I don't really know what. But like, yeah, it was always a fascination for a long time with all this stuff. Um, and and yeah, you do. You just get this sad story. And I remember seeing OJ say something one time, like it was probably like, like I want to say like fifteen years ago. I saw like this like documentary with him. And he said it, and it always stuck with me. He's like, you know, when most people go and walk into a room and they think that, like, everyone's looking at him, but really, like, no one is. But he's like, well, I walk into a room, everyone is looking at me, and it's true. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like, like especially <laughs> after this, like, yeah, you're not lying. Like, everyone's looking at you, and, and it's not, like, it's not in your head. Like, you know they are looking at you, and most likely with, with venom. Like, yeah. they, they, they hate you. Yeah, and right and rightfully so, because then, you know, later on it gets into like you know more of like after all this and and how much, and again I I I think I touched on it when we in our last show when we were talking about episodes three and four like what like really did it for me was like the aftermath of like all this memorabilia stuff and you know him getting arrested for that and you know it just shows those clips where and it was they were talking to the to the one guy who's a memorabilia collector and and he was saying like you know now when OJ was in Florida 
there was no Lin Swans and you know all these other guys. They were he was rolling with some thugs and mm-hmm. and how he was like a completely different person. And to me, that was the real him. See, I I don't know if that was the real him as much as he wanted anybody to follow him around, like because the like. The biggest, like, I, I remember listening to, like, J- when Jamel Hill and Michael Smith had their, their his and hers podcast. Yeah. And they were cracking on it, too, where he's just, like, he goes to the black church and he's putting on, like, the African garb. <laughs> and yeah. he's like, I'm just trying to do right and I'm just trying to get to heaven. And I'm like, yeah. when is the last time OJ been to church? Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I think he, he saw, like, okay, now the black community is all who loves me. So now it was, like, like they said, he's going to Roscoe's Chicken and Waffle. Like, yeah. he just wanted love. Like, OJ in the 80s or early 90s, you saw he was on Up Close and he's doing these big, like, specials with B. Arthur and dancing. He would never have went on the equivalent at that time to the Wendy Williams show. Absolutely not. But now he knew where to go. <laughs> yeah, he was – and it, it reminded me of – um that movie CB4 with Chris Rock. Yeah. yeah. Another Chris Rock reference when the guy came out with like a song. He's like, I'm black, y'all. And I'm black, y'all. Like, mm-hmm. I just felt like it, it was like, that's what he was trying to do. Like, he was just trying to like show everybody like, yeah, you know, like I, I am, I am black and you know, you can love me too. Like you were just saying. And, and he just went on that tour. Like, you know what I mean? Like showing up in like weird little places, like being interviewed and, thanking people for their support and it, it was just it, it was just it was just weird to see that and and i think that's what happened where those guys just hey oj has money for the women for the the drugs the booze the party whatever oj's not thinking about friend he just wants adulation and people around him to party so i feel like that that's what that was i don't know if like for me, like, oh, that shows OJ was, like, a criminal mind always as they were the ones who were going to be around him at this point. No, I, I definitely understand that part. I, I just I just feel like, you know, I, I just felt like his true colors, that those were his real true colors. And, and, he, and he was talking about it the one time when he was like, you know, I grew up in the projects and I'm from the project. And it was like... You know, like, yeah, you had, you were famous, you had a lot of money, and you were living in Brentwood, but deep down, like, I just felt like that's who he was. Like, the guy from the projects, who was a hustler, like, who could talk his way out of anything. You know, I, I just felt like that was the real him. All this, like, Brentwood, like, you know, like, you tap dancing on TV. I just, I, I thought that was like, I, and we talked about it, like, that was the super fake part of what For he was sure. doing. And that was, like, the persona, but I felt like this guy now, full circle, in Florida, fucking hanging out with these guys, drinking, smoking, getting high. And I, I just felt like that was the him just letting go, and that was the real him. But one, one thing I, I thought was weird, and I, I didn't think it was right. I, again, I, I, yeah, I didn't think it was right. Like when they were talking about like the women he was hanging around, and mm-hmm. how like, you know, his girlfriend looked like Nicole Brown, and. You know, and they were kind of saying that he was doing that, like, on purpose, I guess, or whatever they were trying to say. Like, I I don't know. I didn't agree with that. No. Because I I just feel like some people may have a type, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And and that was his type, blonde hair. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I just, I didn't think that was right. 
No, I think there's a few things. I mean, because even documentaries, you can still I, – I love the genre, but you can get a slant. There's a bias, and I think five, to me, really hit it. Like, I didn't like when they talk about, you know, going back a little bit, like, but the, the, the juror for the murder trial who was in the Black Panther party, and the first clip he shows is Tommy Smith and John Carlos yeah. at the 68 Olympics. And, the, and I'm like, well, that's – that's like you're you're putting that in a negative light. Like that yeah. was a huge positive, and it took a lot of guts to do. And also, it kind of there's a misconception about the Black Panthers a lot of times that like was there some people who got carried away, but Black Panthers had a lot of good, and it gave a lot oh, of pride. Yeah. Absolutely, because yeah. if you look at it, uh, not you know, but yeah, I will go on it. Like when you see Dr. King and all, like they. And it talked about, you know, respect and civil rights. But if you see where they were at, that was that was for helping. They were helping blacks. But the Black Panthers were the first to say for urban black community, be black and proud. That that never happened before. Not like black people who are in the inner city. You know, you know, uh, Dr. King was around Georgia and going to Alabama, Mississippi. Black Panthers were the first to really say, hey, you're from the inner city and you're black. Be proud of it. And so it gave it a negative connotation that I didn't really like to me. And like now you could say he had a bias and like he shouldn't have been in the jury. I get that part. But to then now, and the, the clips they show, like I said, that bothered me because the 68 Olympics and what Tommy Smith and John Carlos, what they went through and how gutsy and courageous that was to do. And it put in a negative thing. I, I really didn't like that. Yeah, and not only that, like, you touched on, you know, the Black Panthers and the reputation. They, and you're right, they did a lot of good in the neighborhood, in, like, in the inner city. Like, they had lunch programs, like, breakfast programs for right. kids. And, you know, they would, like, they had their own, like, classes where they would teach kids in the summer. Like, they did a lot of good stuff. And, again, that's not what the media wants you to hear about, you know. But, no, and I... <laughs> And my other take with that, it, it, it was like Marsha Clark, where she was like shocked, like about that drawer. And she was like, you know, he was the most like quiet and, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And she was like, come to find out, and he just played them. You know what I mean? Like he played them and, and they were like, they were, they were butt hurt, like for, for lack of a better term. Like, and, and hey, like, you know, he, he was doing what, to them what they probably done to a lot of people. So, right. And and that's what I think people will still miss with this trial. Just imagine that. How many times has that really happened to Marsha Clark where yeah. on vice versa for black and brown people where, okay, someone's, you know, you meet this person who's white and, okay, they seem pretty cool. And then they just drop some racist comment that, and it just takes like, it's just not like a gut punch almost. Like, I, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Happens quite often. I can't count. Like, I lost track at, like, the thousands, <laughs> the millions. So, yeah. like, to me, it's also, like, to – and when I talk about OJ and the, the trial and all this stuff is not to make it, like, a division, but to think, like, put yourself in other people's shoes. That's – if that's how you feel happened, happened to you one time, then imagine a whole community of people – that that's, that's just on repeat, repeat, repeat. Like, think about that. Like, this isn't 
if this systemic racism was just made up or in our heads, you wouldn't get those natural reactions for a guy that they don't know and a guy that they never loved. It wasn't like it was Bill Russell or Jackie Robinson, yeah. you know, or Muhammad Ali. OJ had been gone. But everyone knew OJ was all in white America. So that reaction, like they said, was about, hey, they know people who got an unfair shake and are doing time. They've done it. They've been harassed by the police. They've had all these things. They've been not given opportunities. That's where that emotion comes from. But people don't want to see that part. Yeah, and I and I just feel like as well, like it was almost like you said, it was like in reverse in, in regards to the, like the judicial system. Like it was like, you know, a lot of times what the judicial system does to a lot of people, it was like this time, it was like, you know, a minority and African-American with a lot of money and resources that was able to, you know, to get an amazing team of attorneys and, you know, they fought his case and, you know, people in the jury were going, like, they were supportive of that. And, and it, it was just, it was almost like in reverse. And, and again, people lost their minds. And mm-hmm. Like, no, like, a lot of that, a lot of the adulation was like it was more of like people knew like man he he got over on them good for him almost and and again I got fourteen year old Jose thirteen however old I was that was my reaction you know what I mean like wow like he got over on them good for him yeah <laughs> you know sadly it's so sad to say that I, again that no I was a different person back then but that was the reaction of a lot of people. And that's the truth. It, it, it's it's you try to separate it because that was the reaction. But then my heart always does go out to the Goldman family, you know, to the to the Browns, They're the people who have lost loved ones. Yeah, I don't I don't forget that. Um, and 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 I don't know. My my I put myself. I I don't know that feeling. And but like whenever I see Fred Goldman speak. Yeah, and thinking about that, and and thinking about not, you know, that it's on a national stage that that happened to you. It wasn't even, you know, private. Like it, it's a lot. Um, yeah, I think for me, I I do and forgive me, Jose, in the audience, but I'm gonna backtrack a little bit. I, Chris, Chris Darden. Oh, yes, yes. I, I wanted to touch that on that, too. Go ahead. And just – I, because, you know, it's weird when you look at it at the FX series, and I guess kudos to Sterling K. Brown, because he kind of humanized him. And you kind of have, like – when I watch that, I have, like, heart for Chris Darden. Yeah. But then whenever I see Chris Darden on anything or <laughs> hear him, I'm just like, oh, come on, man. Like, like – and even like the reaction when he's doing the press conference after the the, the verdict, and yeah. then he like collapses and like Fred Goldman in the arms. I don't know. I, I'm not one to like bash emotions, but I'm just like, bro, what are you doing? Yeah, he made it like about him pretty much. Yeah, and you know, and I don't know. He, I I just felt like he knew. Like he blew the gates almost. Like you know what I mean? Like and, and and I don't think that was necessarily the fact. Like 
I think the glove thing was a big problem. I think, you know, when he was, you know, we touched on it, like on our show in regards to episode three and four, like, you know, the, about using the N word and how, you know, they, the, the jury was going to react to that. And it, did he have a lot of issues in this case? Yes. Was he the weak link in this case? Absolutely. Um, so I just think a lot of that was that, like him feeling his, I don't want to say inadequacy, but, you know, compared to all these other attorneys that were there, maybe, you know what I mean? And it, it just, like, it was so bad to see that. And, and I feel for him, don't get me wrong, you know what I mean? But it's just, it was not the right time for him to do that. I just don't think it's his place to do that and, and to kind of make it about him a little bit and, and, and all that. It was just, it was just not good. It was, I don't think it was right for him to do that. Yeah, and I, I'm like, and that's also what I don't like. And I talked about it earlier. A lot of emotions in that room. You're not supposed to. Like, I'm not saying like you have to be a robot for your whole life, but in that regard, to me, don't do a press conference. Then, if you can't compose, don't go up there. Yeah, just say yeah. you're not willing to talk to the media. I'd rather take that than like in the courtroom. I mean, we saw beforehand, Marsha Clark, like. You know, can I just fucking hit him? Like, I'm like, yo. Yeah. Like, and, I, and don't get me wrong. Everything with this case and this trial was out of the unordinary. So it was totally different. And she got a lot of, like, you know, unfair hate. You know, we see now how sexist it was and how mm. messed up it was. But it's like, yo, you can't be showing. Like, you kind of walked in there defeated. Yeah, they, they were a mess. And then, and then looking back, and the FX series did a good job on focusing like on the shit she was going through too she was going through a lot of like custody issues at the time as well and a lot of that was being thrown out into the media and you know she was really having a tough time dealing with that and so I can understand her going through a lot of personal stuff plus the stress of this one of it's probably the biggest case in the country like and all the media coverage and how that was back at that time. Like, cause it, you know, you're talking about paparazzi back then. Like mm-hmm. they were vicious. You know what I mean? Like they were no joke. I mean, as we saw with Princess Diana, like how, how bad it can be. And it's just at that in nineties, they were, man, like they were, ruthless. yeah, they were, that's a good word to use. Ruthless. Like they were animals, man. Like, and you know, she was walking out of her house and the cameras are in her face. Like, you know, again, I, I saw that and I just, I just kind of like thought back to like, damn, like I, I, she was going through a lot of stuff, man. But you know, you got to compose yourself a little better than that. Yeah, I, I think for me, because you're absolutely right, she was. I don't take that away. That's a lot happening personally and professionally. There's nothing. There's no amount of law school, no amount of experience that I think could train you for what the OJ Simpson trial was to like fully train you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I think experience helps, but. To, to on that scale of attention, like I don't think you you can't. There's no book you can write or read to help you with that. Um, if she did that on a different day, I wouldn't care because part of it is like, go ahead, sister. You know what I mean? Like, you know, knock him out. You, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> yeah. I do empathize with her. It was on that day that I was like, you yeah. can't do it on the day of the verdict. Like, you can't do that. Like. Like you had, because you saw like Bill Hodgman just look like a ghost. Like, you know what I mean? Everybody, <laughs> it just looked yeah. so bad. And it's like, 
And that's one thing I will say. I think I said it last episode. There's too much passing the buck. Where's the accountability that y'all fumbled this thing bad? Yeah, and then and then right after the verdict, the first reaction was to kind of like come at the jury, and you know, it, it, and I understand because I'm not going to want to stand in the press conference and just tell them how much I've dropped the ball either. Like, but even to this day, it's just like more about the jury and 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 their bias than you know how they really didn't have a shot because the jury already had their minds made up. Even if that was the case, if you put a strong argument up and show proof and you know, do your job and do a good job in, in presenting your case, then you might sway that that narrative, you know, because, I mean, people are human as well. And if you, like, if you put in facts to show, like, man, this guy really did it, it's like, yeah, like, you know, it's, they might have had a chance, but they did not do a good job and there was no way they were going to sway that jury otherwise uh, with the job they did. Right. No, and I think it is... Uh... You know, sorry to double, but you you do see, you know, OJ just kind of going through. And it, you know, you look from '95 to what was that '08, '09 when you know mm-hmm. he gets in his years of just he becomes a clown. I did until watching this the first time. I forgot about that whole juiced that prank show he did, yeah. and I remember it when it came on, but I had forgotten it until this documentary. Episode five shows it. I'm like, he did do that stupid shit. Like, yeah, <laughs> it, it, he did do. Like, you know, I did. Did you remember that? I I didn't. I've never watched them. No, no, I, no. When I they didn't came either. out, yeah, but I I remember hearing about them. Yeah, I'm just like, how pathetic, and even the scenario leading up to the whole getting his stuff back thing is it. It, it was just like you know. A bunch of bubbling idiots. That's what I saw with yeah, that whole thing, yeah. you know? I don't know how you felt, but just idiots. Yeah, it was very, like, I think I read a quote somewhere. It was like, it was like a dumb, like, Ocean's Eleven. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it was just like, it was like so bad. And it just they just looked idiotic. And, you know, it's just, it was stupid, man. And But again, I just felt like it just showed me that this guy was in fact like like I don't want to say a criminal but he just he was criminal minded you know what I mean and uh, for me personally again I just think that like some some man it like like my thought process on the whole like cases on itself but yeah it, it it was just like and the people involved like you're looking at these guys like all right man and the one Guys like his friend or bodyguard, he was talking super tough guy on the thing, and I was just like, "Ugh, dude, you're like 50 years old. Like, you got to leave that alone already." <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I thought that too. Like, they were trying to talk really tough, and I'm like, I'm like, come on, man. Like, yeah, like you said, you're, you're too old to be doing that. You're, you're way too old. But yeah. I, I guess see, that's. I'm not saying you're you're wrong. I see it. Not, I don't see the criminal because to me, when I think of a criminal mind, I think it's someone who is really brilliant and sharp criminally. And like, it, like they're brilliant, but it's for a bad thing, you know? But like, it's like things like, yeah, I, I couldn't plan this. I wouldn't, I couldn't break all this stuff down in my, and think this way to pull off some kind of crime. You know, when I watch 
I'm not the biggest true crime person, but when you see like I've watched some stuff and like these serial mm-hmm. killers or whatever, like yeah. like they're they're like you know like Ted Bundy. I think I think a close thing to OJ is Ted Bundy in a way, but like Ted Bundy was like a pretty brilliant dude when it came to this stuff. Like when it see, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to jump in, it's okay. but I I agree with you, but I felt like he was more uh, he was brilliant when it came to like like conning and manipulating people and and I, I just that's what I mean by that like I mean maybe I should have just cleared up what I'm what I was trying to say like I, I just felt like like he knew what he was doing you know what I mean like he knew how to work a room oh and, for sure and and that doesn't mean you're a criminal like you know what I mean but I just felt like in, in that aspect of it and like and like they're always scheming he always he, really, he just he strikes me as a person that's always scheming always trying to get over on somebody you can see it throughout this documentary. How it's always about like, woe is me, woe is me type of attitude. Like always trying to make you feel bad for him, so he can in turn like kind of use that against you. And you know, even in the Willie Williams, Wendy Williams interview, like they were, she was saying like, I want to hate you, I want to do this. And then the, and then the the one other lady was being interviewed as well, and she was just saying like, you know, when you're around him, it's the OG effect. Like he, he makes you feel like. You know, you want to like like him. You know what I mean. And he's always searching for that. I just feel like in that kind of thinking and that, like that kind of behavior, that's almost criminal in itself. Like to almost like constantly like try to con you and scheme on mm-hmm. you and like, lie to you. Like, I agree. He was he a smart guy. Like it, it doesn't seem like it to me. You know. And but when it came to like like emotional like smarts like i just felt like he was he was brilliant with that yes i and i and i get what you're saying and i do i i can i definitely think yeah emotional intelligence he has it and i do think yeah it that is when you're conning trying to hustle i can see what you're saying like that's like a kind of like a criminal mindset in a way i was trying to con um and I do think almost, almost like a like a ghetto like mindset almost like you know what I mean like just always trying to get over on you in any way possible like it, it, with anything that's kind of I I look at him. Yeah, I, I see. I think he kind of. I look at him. And I'm not saying there's a right or wrong either. Like I I, I see no, where yeah, you're coming sure. from, but like he he had definitely the the. Narciss- he thought about himself, and yeah. he had a, he had an entitlement kind of a thing. I, I don't know if entitlement is the perfect word for it, but entitlement. I kind of want to say think he thought he was bulletproof after the murder trial. I think before that he probably did, but afterwards I think he kind of felt like okay, I, I definitely have been touched to an extent. Um, but but he- I, I can see how he can feel like untouchable. After beating that case, you know what I mean. Like I, I can't see that though. Yeah, I get. I I can see it, but I also think he didn't come out looking like, oh wow, like majority, like especially in white America, which is where he was in for the past thirty years before it. They he he was not allowed there. He he was not welcome yeah. there. That's yeah. why he's doing, you know, and he knew that. That's why it was, 
you know, Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles and doing Juiced and every you know, before he was in big Hollywood movies and and yeah. wanted to be a serious actor and he wanted to maybe run you heard in episodes like two, I believe, like wanted to like run like a studio one day. Like, you know, that guy is very different than now you're doing a reality show where you're pranking people and and you're doing like these fake stupid rap videos that look corny. Like that's a different. That's a that's a come down kind of to me. And doing these like pay per view like interviews or you know trying to sell money, you know to sell like footage of you to get money. You know, I I feel like you're right. Like I could see the 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 feeling untouchable, but he got touched in a way because all the things yeah. that he loved pre pre the trial. A lot of them were taken away, and and to me, not not only taken away, but to me, I'm trying to figure out the right. Like you can't take away something that really wasn't yours, right? Like I just, mm-hmm. like yes, it was taken away, but it was more. I think, and and they did a great job throughout this documentary showing this, like that racial aspect of it. Like you know, once you know, to those, his friends, quote-unquote friends, like, the white community that he was associated with, like, once they turned on him, it was like, he was just another black dude. Oh, you know yeah, what I'm saying? sure. Like, and, and I just felt like that hit him like an avalanche, and he just he just couldn't handle it, so I think that's why he jumped into, like, alcohol and drugs, like, all this other stupid shit, like, it's just, he couldn't handle losing that, I, I felt like, and, and his life unraveled afterwards no and and it did and and it set up for you know when he i remember seeing all this and it is something and man i do believe like this is no coincidence that after you know the all these guys they go in there and they try to they broke into a whole a hotel room yeah stole memorabilia at gunpoint he gets arrested, hell without bail. And just the irony that, like, the Goldmans, they made sure to be there. Uh, yeah. Marsha Clark is now covering this for whatever network, and they're walking by each other. And it's just, and then, of course, he gets sentenced October 3rd, 2008, 13 years to the day after he's acquitted of the murders. And A, I think a lot of times people showed that if you want to say he should have been convicted for 95, they really threw, he should not have gotten what he got for all of this stuff. I mean, you look at everybody, the, the guy who brought the gun into the room, he got probation, (laughs) you know, um, everybody else pretty much got nothing, you know, like, you got a slap on the wrist, which is what a lot of people say, legal people say, even this movie is what would have happened to if that was me or you doing this. We wouldn't have gotten yeah. all that. He gets sentenced to nine to 33 years. And it did bother me, the judge, like slurping. I look like a Sonic drink or something, but like, <laughs> I, I don't know. It just looked like she wanted to stick it to him. Yeah, it wasn't very professional. Right, you know? Yeah, yeah, it wasn't very professional. It it was for entertainment tonight, Marsha Clark was covering the the trial for. Um but yeah, yeah, I agree. That that 
the judge was not professional. But again, it was like, you know, we talked about the jury, like talking about payback for, you know, the Rodney King incident when it came to his case. Like, I just can't, I just felt like this was full circle, you know what I mean, for him. And, you know, it, it was just like, again, the judicial system able to, at this point of his life, because it's totally different from OJ from 94, where he can afford his super legal team, the dream team, and he couldn't do any of that. And it was just like, all right, now we're going to show you like what is normally it's like is the case you know what i mean and they just they roofed them as they say in in the hood they roofed them in and and hey like is this karma like if it was for everything else like maybe you know but he he definitely i I don't know if and and we're, we're like just like we're talking about like if he handles after the trial differently now does this happen to him as well like you know what i mean like is now is he looked at the same way as like oj from like pre you know pre-trial and stuff like that and like with him coming out and acting like nothing really happened and him you know like we talked about doing stupid videos and on tv drinking and partying with girls all crazy and Maybe, you know, they're looking at him different. Again, I don't know. Like, it's it just, it, but it was just like, to me, it was just karma 100%. Like, obviously, he didn't commit a crime. There's more than karma, but he committed a crime. But it's just like, man, they. I, I felt like it was like some type of, like, almost like a vendetta. It was a vendetta. To me, it was wrong. And, and that it was wrong on, on the judge, everyone's part, like, I think that's sometimes why I think when people act like these things don't happen and, you know, not in America or, you know, the Constitution, blah, blah, blah. Like, you think it's coincidence that it was 13 years to the day? Do you see how she was just slurping on that and just yeah. just was like – it was like almost like fun to like to send him away. Like, that's not how you're supposed to conduct yourself. I know we're human beings. We're flawed. But – there was not even you didn't. There was no even inner struggle of trying. Like I'll be honest, we look at like Lance Ito for the murder trial. I thought he did a very bad job of keeping order, and you could tell he liked celebrity. But oh, yeah. I also thought at least he tried to at least put on the. I don't want to front's the right word, but I guess yeah, front or like a struggle of trying to be professional to an extent. At times. Where with that lady, I was just like, she don't give a shit. She's just yeah. just here just to just, you know, she is glad she can't wait. Yep, that's how, exactly things. how I felt. Yep, that's exactly how I felt. She couldn't wait to get to that spot, and she wanted to stick it to him, and she was very arrogant about it. And, like, it, it's like in movies when you see, like, the like – the, like the criminal, like somebody coming to him, he's eating like pistachios, and it's just like, like I'm really cocky. Like I don't know, like how to. I'm trying. To, I know I picture it in my mind, but um, or like eating cashews and just kind of just like whatever. But um, yeah, she she was very she was very cocky and arrogant. And I just felt like she could not wait. Yeah, um, to the point where I'll say this: I thought the vengeance was in when he finally, after nine years, got released. I was surprised because I did not think I thought he was going to do all 33 years. So did I. I, I thought I, I, I don't 
if not all 33, I, I would say uh, I thought it was going to be a big chunk of it. Like, More than half. Yeah, you know I, mean? I thought they're trying to stick it to him. I'm like, they're going to keep him. I was very surprised that he actually got paroled. Yeah, so was I. So was I. But again, like, he's a good talker, man. And and when it comes to that, like parole hearings and stuff like that, like, I, I, that's something that's very important. You got to plead your case and you know, we saw, you know, at the beginning of the documentary series, like, he he was doing that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he, so. So, I, I wanted to ask you who, you know, I know, like, these are, but they, they kind of have, they kind of are characters in this docuseries. So, I want to see, you don't have to just give one, you can give a few if you want to, but the MVP, like, who, when they came on, really brought it? When they were interviewed and they were talking, you you sat up and they gave memorable quotes or memorable lines. Who's like that MVP of this docuseries? Uh, that's tough, man. Um, that's tough because for me it was a couple of them, and, and it came in like like in stages almost. Like it was like the first like two three episodes. Uh, and I, I'm forgetting names already. Um, it, it was his buddy. We we were quoting him like crazy the first Joe Bell. Joe Bell, that was one of my guys. Like I just felt like he really didn't give a shit either. You know what I mean? Like he was being honest, and you know he was he gave some memorable quotes. And then I'm gonna go back to the two jurors, and it, it, for different reasons. One because I felt like the one juror. The the younger the younger African American like the, the kind of the, the pretty yeah, one yeah um she was very like she was very honest but she did it in a way where it was like like oh okay like I I believed her like you know mm-hmm. what I mean like it, it, she was very like straightforward um but in like in a polite way like it, it was almost like I don't know I I just really believed her and then the other jury like we talked about earlier she was raw. She did not give a shit. You could tell, like she, you could tell she was just a different character, and you know she was blatantly honest and, and brought a lot of um and, and brought a lot of good quotes on there too. And then and then you talked about Carl Douglas as well, and I, I he was one of my favorite characters throughout. You know what I mean? Well, especially since starting from like episode three and, and for the rest of the episodes, I thought he was really good too. How about you? I'm curious to see what you thought. Joe Bell is high for me. Uh, Marsha Clark actually stood out uh, to me for the reasons of she talked about it to me very candidly. I, I was not a Marsha Clark fan when this was happening. And then afterwards I saw her and I didn't. But I liked the fact that I felt of anyone, she was the closest to kind of being real about things where like, you know, she kind of, she kind of let it out. Uh, uh, she talked yeah. about like, just, she was done. Even when they, they show her now talking about, she's like, I think I knew like when she wanted to punch the paparazzi guy, she's like, I knew what was coming. Like she, she didn't in some ways, I think she gave her, she didn't try to give a professional, like Bill Hodgman, to me try to still sound like he's on the tape as a lawyer and blah 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 yeah. blah blah. Yeah. Like she kind of gave 
a real looking back, like her mindset, like I thought I could relate to African-American, you know, women. And so like, that's what she thought. And uh, I think it's crazy. Yeah. But I appreciate it. That's <laughs> what she thought. And she didn't yeah. try to sound a certain way. And so I, it kind of made me, or especially when she talked about like Mark Furman. Yeah. Like, I like that. Like, you know, she, she, you know, couldn't stand them. And, and yeah, and then and then and then they backed it up with like clips as well, of like her facial reactions and mm-hmm. to some of the stuff too. So it, you knew it wasn't bullshit, right? So Marsha Clark kind of jumped out to me, and yeah, I got to give it to Carl Douglas because he he is the guy, and I think especially with Johnny Cochran. I don't, who knows if Johnny Cochran alive would have done this? Who knows? But with Johnny Cochran being passed, he kept that torch and told the legacy of Johnny Cochran, mm-hmm. but was able to talk from a legal perspective of what was going on with civil rights and police brutality in Los Angeles for years and years and where that fire and passion came from, from Johnny Cochran and, and you know, the Cochran firm and his legal team and also show candor because, Hey, he will never have a bigger victory in his career. Yeah, and this is the whether who knows on a personal level, but far as fame, this is the highlight of it. He kind of said that, like he's on the biggest stage, that everyone is the envy of him because he's on this stage, and he showed that, but not in a cocky way. That he showed it was a big, it's a big damn deal, and 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 I appreciated that, and that emotion he showed, and the way he told it after the verdict came out, and you felt like this was a big deal, and he they they won it. They got it done. So Carl Douglas was huge for me. Yeah, and, and even having like even telling stories about when OJ was telling him to wipe the spit right. from his mouth, like he was like, Yeah, I'm going to do that because at 30 years old, like this was not going to get bigger. Like you were saying, like this is not going to get bigger. It's not it's not going to get bigger than this. And no, I give him I give him a lot of props. Like he he was he was great. Yeah, and I, I think he gave perspective like that like that story like the way he told it, it does not make i don't know what his intention it didn't make oj look great like how when the camera yeah. went off of him he yeah. looked a different way when the camera went on but I, I appreciate him telling that you know yeah um yeah no i i agree and i also one that kind of stuck out to me too and, and i felt like he was being very honest was was like ron ship like I, I felt like mm. he was, he got emotional, but then towards the end, like I like how they showed his testimony and how like pissed off he was. Like you know, a couple of the stories he was talking about, like as a police officer. I don't know. I thought he came across like pretty good too. Ron Ship was definitely compelling. He was. I, I, that's a good one. He he he's like that honorable mention for him, especially in episode four. Before it was like okay, but in four when. He talks about, uh, you know, his first time with someone dealing with someone with murder and the yeah. trauma. Because, you know, and I know in a lot of ways it's earned the, the heat, especially right now, that police officers are getting. A, I don't think I never have and never will that it's all all police officers are bad. And B, I don't forget that it, it, it you you do see a lot yeah. on that job. And that hasn't been you know forgotten at least on me i can speak only for myself hasn't been forgotten on me um it it is a a lot that you do see and have to deal with um 
it doesn't give other actions a pass, but I don't I don't forget that. Yeah, he he did a great job and like explaining that and kind of you know, he got emotional when he talked about that. Like who would do that? To, you know, when he was talking about the murder it was like a younger girl, like who would do that? Like, you know what I mean? And 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 then the story when he went to talk to um Chris, know, Chris Darden. Chris Darden, yeah, Chris Darden. And he was looking at the pictures and and that kind of changed everything for him. And I, I just thought that was a really deep and and an emotional story. And that was another story. I, I love like hearing I don't like hearing stories like that, but it's just like when when people tell stories like that, it kinda like sometimes it can put me right in that spot with them. And I just think that's how he came across and I just you know, I appreciated that. Absolutely. Who who were your LVPs? The guys when they or ladies when they came on, you were just like, ugh, it made you sick when they spoke. I, I felt like, other than like the one SWAT guy, I, I can't. I, I'm I'm so bad. I should have got their names, but like the police officers, um, uh, like Mark Furman, like especially Mark Furman when he was interviewed, and it was just like, because he was another one that was pretty honest, but it, some of the stuff he said, I was just like, uh, like shut up dude like don't stop talking like mm-hmm. you know what i mean i just felt like the police officers as a whole they just it, they were like almost giving excuses for the rotten king situation it, it was just it was like not a again not a good look for them so i just i think the police officers for me yeah um the SW- i guess you mean the swat guy who negotiated Correct. Yeah, that yeah. was in the car with them. Yeah, there. Peter. I forget his last name, but yeah, he was probably the only. I will be honest, the only cop that did not piss me off. Yeah. In in this whole thing, um, yeah, and that those are my LVPs, the cops. You know, I think I talked about it. If I, but you know, when they show episode two, uh, then you know the Rodney King tape, and then Mark Furman says, "That's what happens when you, you know." That wouldn't have happened if he had the chokehold. I go, really? So the chokehold was still allowed. Yeah. You wouldn't have yeah. beat the shit out of him to near death yeah, you, and just kept clubbing him. Yeah, they might have just choked him and killed him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? And then all of them trying to just justify and 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 there's no accountability. And they make it seem like a racist organization. No, look around and see what you've done. And then, yeah. And to me, it's like, if you're a, it doesn't mean you're a racist if you're a part of that necessarily, like you personally. Yet, I would have more respect for someone to acknowledge, yeah, we did things that were wrong, you know, things that yeah, I should have spoke out more when I, if, if I did see or when I saw stuff, other people should have. We didn't. Like, my record's clean. And even if they want to throw that in there, I didn't do anything. But yeah, look at what we've done. Like, you have yeah. all this perspective, all this time. And you still don't want to. You, you you can't come to grips with the truth. Yeah, it was it was it was scary actually to see that, and and because you and this is twenty five years later, and their mentality is still like no, this is okay, and it just it, again, this goes back to my thought process on like how things have not changed, and this is twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Now I have a question for you because we did. All the episodes on The Last Dance, and to me, I don't think ESPN does The Last Dance if they don't have this success mm-hmm. with the OJ, you know, which won an Oscar. Um, now, with The Last Dance, MJ is a big – he's interviewed. He's a big part of it, right? 
would you do you think OJ made in America? Because Ezra Edelman did try; he attempted to interview OJ while he was in jail. OJ did not get back to him. But in a hypothetical, if OJ is interviewed, do you think this movie, this documentary, is better, the same, or worse? It depends what comes out of that interview. Um, if you get like raw emotion, like like if you you know you get them to get like pissed off or you know just to show some type of if you get that OJ like the pay per view interview OJ then no I, I think to be honest it it it, it might kill a, a little bit. Um, but if you get some type of like emotion or like just raw like anger from OJ, I think it kind of escalates it a little bit. But for him not to be in it, I, I, I honestly don't have an issue with it. I, I think it, like, adds to the lore of the documentary, like, uh, of, of like, the pureness of, like, the clips that they showed of him and and the reactions from, like, people and what, everything else that he kind of brought to the table on with this documentary. I, I feel like him not being on there almost makes it better. I don't know, for some reason. I think it's better. I think... Um... If OJ gets interviewed, even at, you know he's because he was in jail at the time, so it's not like he could like like with uh, Michael Jordan for the Last Dance, they had like days. I don't think OJ would have gotten that, you know. But I feel like something gets taken away. Somebody's like you know maybe a Joe Bell gets not he doesn't make the cut or yeah. one of the jurors or you know to a lesser extent the the talks about. Either uh, I don't think the abuse talks would go away, but the talks about like the racial injustice of L.A. doesn't get as focused on or it takes a dip. Uh, I think it's better. And I totally hear you that if O.J., because obviously he wouldn't comp to like, the you know, what happened June 12th, yeah. 94. Yeah. But if, if he gave a motion about any about the his relationship with Nicole, his marriage or anything like that could be compelling. But I still think you just got all these. It was it was a great like oral history of of OJ mm-hmm. in LA, and you got so many different. And kudos to Ezra and his team. I do feel like people were giving their their uh, perspective of what happened, how real it is, and all that. Who knows? But they were pretty raw in it, and who knows if OJ's in it. Then if they're like, oh, OJ's in it, he want to see it. Do I give? I, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if they're going to be yeah. as raw as well. So I think, um, I think it was just better. It was better with him not being in it. Now, if he's on there, especially maybe like the first two or three episodes, where he's talking about like, you know, USC and you know him not, you know, like like social issues like back in the 60s like where he didn't want like maybe if he's giving reasons why he didn't want to be part of that and like real true reasons like honesty like you know how talking about his time in buffalo like you know if he hated it or loved it like whatever like you know i think that would have been great Mm -hmm. you know but you know like once it came to once it hit like episode three and all the domestic stuff started to come out and the trial and the you know, both the Bronco chasing all that. Now, if he's getting honest about like what's going on in the Bronco, then now we're talking like, all right, like that's some good stuff. Like, but you you know he wasn't going to be. And then once that once episode four came and it was all about the trial, you know you were going to get some bullshit answers. And 
But if he would have been on there like, yeah, USC, I was a bad dude. Like, you know what I mean? Like that would have been like pretty cool to hear and see and and him, him maybe telling stories about games, that were, like whatever. Like, but I I I would have liked to see that. But that that's probably about it. Like for me, because once it again, once it came to the verdict or everything going on afterwards, like I don't think you would have been you would have been genuine. No, and I kind of agree. I think that. In my opinion, where it could have like compared with like what Michael did in the last dance, I thought mm-hmm. Michael was the best when he talked about the early days, like him yeah. growing up in yeah. college, uh, the early years of the Bulls. That was probably the best of Michael to me, um, as far as him being interviewed. And I think that's a great point you made. Like OJ talking about growing up, OJ talking about, uh, if he addressed his relationship with his father in, in that situation would have been, who knows if that gets brought up. I don't know, but like that would have been interesting to see. And you're right. USC and what's going on with Harry Edwards and all that would have been fascinating to hear him talk. Now I do agree. So let me ask you this other than OJ, who would have been one other person you would have wanted on this documentary out of like anybody else who had a major role in this, like, Maybe in his life, in in the case, like whatever. Dead, dead or alive, or they had to be alive. Yeah, yeah, dead or alive, whatever. Uh, oh, I have two: uh, Robert Kardashian, who's dead, and AC Al Callis, who's yeah, alive. Yeah, that's that's what that was. That's kind of who I was thinking too. AC, um, like just to get his answers to these things and and to see what he thought of it. Yeah, that's that's kind of who I was thinking. Like was really missing. Out of this, out of this documentary. I mean, for two things for me, Robert Kardashian is still to this day. There's controversy. He grabbed that bag. Yeah, when he, I, I was, I almost, I almost brought that up earlier. Yeah, when we talked about him. So yeah. he grabbed that bag. So if he was alive to hear him talk about that and where he's at with everything and what his life became, honestly, afterwards, because it, it's a dip. I mean. The Kardashian, we could call it an empire, does not happen without this trial. No, not at all. Like, it, there's no Kardashian empire without what happened here. Like, there's a direct link to it. So, it's just interesting to see then, like, what happens with his kid. Like, would he have done the show? Because he was pretty much a little more, a little more rigid and I don't want to say morals, but I guess morals. Like, I don't know. I kind of wonder what would have happened with that even. That's a little bit weird to think about, but I think it would have been different yeah. how they would have been. And AC just, um, I think as great as this docuseries, how I think the most perfect thing would have been if you have AC, you're interviewing him while we're taught, while they're showing clips of the Bronco chase. Oh yeah. Man. Because I remember um, had to be a few years. I think it was when this was coming out. Cause this the debuted around like the NBA Finals in 2016, and there's a playoff game, and Jeff Van Gundy's doing the the telecast with Mike Breen, and he says, because we you know uh, Jose mentioned it last episode, the chase cut away from the finals in '94, Knicks Rockets. Van Gundy's an assistant coach for the Knicks at the time. He says that in the off season, Pat Riley runs into AC at like a gas station. And AC tells Pat Riley that while they were doing the Bronco chase and OJ's in the back seat, OJ tells AC to put on the Knicks Rockets game. 
Whew. Yeah. Like that's man. I I, I would have loved to hear his take on on, on all of that too, man. It, like Yeah. That would have been great to hear. And I think that's honestly, Jose, and I don't want to – it is sad. All these true crime things, I think we kind of sometimes – the fascination, I think it, it, it brings attention to things in a way. But it also – I think we get lost with like, hey, no, people lost their lives or were, you know, victims to horrible things. So I, sometimes I feel weird. But, like, the thing with the OJ case, like, that was – 22 years afterwards, like, you get these tidbits about it that, like, wow, like, I had never heard OJ ask to put on the Knicks-Rockets game. Yeah. You know, while he, while that chase was happening. But, like, you get these little things, these, like, nuggets that you're like, hey. Like, it seems like every, like, so often you just get it, and it's like, wow. And it kind of shifts a lot of things about how you feel about stuff. So I think that's why this case will live on. One of the reasons why forever. Yeah. No, this, this, those couple of, even like I thought about like, because it, it would have been easy for to say, to say like Johnny Cochran, it would have been great for him to be on here. But again, now, you know, we're talking about um, attorneys at this point and, you know, like they're going to be very like, to the vest with everything. So but I, that that's why I didn't want to say anybody like that. Um, I just felt like old friends or whoever, man, would have been just real raw and, and it would have been great to hear. Yeah. But Jose, this was, um, this was, it was definitely, it was fun. It was good to go back and, and rewatch this and, and to do it on analytical and to discuss, because I think it is important for society you know i i mm-hmm. i kind of wish that this would be shown at like college campuses like a class on it because it just has so much um i think it's that important it's that good yeah and it, and it hit a lot of stuff and we talked about it in episode our first show on this with episodes one and two how we talked about you know social issues economic issues economic statuses you know, like it, it, it just was all over the map, and and the title "Made in America" is like a, such a perfect title as well, because mm-hmm. because I felt like he was almost like manufactured. You know what I mean? Like right, almost, great point, like, great point. Yeah, it, it it was like he was he was almost built to to represent the African community for America, and it it, it was just it was just spot on with the with the title. So yeah, I, I'm glad you wanted to do this. I know this was your your baby right here, so. <laughs> Um, I'm glad we did it too. Yeah, no, I think you made a great point. I think the title, you know, it seems it seems kind of like basic. You don't think about it, but that's an awesome thing. Like it's it's simple, made America, but it it means it packs a big weight when you think about it. That's that's so true, so yeah. true. But yeah, we'll be getting back to uh, you know classic sports next week. Pumped to talk oh. about the uh, 94-95 Rockets with you, too. Oh, yeah. Can't wait for that. Got a couple other good stuff, good episodes coming. August, I'm excited for August. But, yeah, next week is going to be it's going to be interesting. A team nobody really talks about, the 94-95 Rockets. So, we'll get into that a little bit with you all next week. And uh, remember, if you have any comments or questions about this episode, previous episodes, or even something for – the 9495 Rockets show for next week. Hit us up on Twitter at uh, In the Zone, 
2021. So in the zone 202021 on Twitter. And uh, we'll, well, we'll get back to you. Looking for that Definitely. feedback. Definitely. Jose, man, pleasure as always. It's cool that I saw you yesterday and, you know, we're running it back. Yeah, yeah, hopefully next week, man. We might be in person. Who knows? I hope so. I'm hoping. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Fingers crossed. But for In the Zone, Darren Redove, that's Jose Ruiz. You guys take care. Peace.